Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Monday, June 28th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include FHA program changes, and my interview with Susan Hartsock, Origins' Senior Director of Strategic Alliances, where we discuss database systems versus forms-based systems and how lenders can act on the data at their fingertips. Seattle will hit 110 degrees today. Changes afoot. Last week, changes of personnel within the CFPB and the FHFA, hence Fannie and Freddie, captured our industry's attention since they may lead to eventual changes in their footprint or policies. But the FHA's program changes are worth noting. For decades, stability, liquidity, and transparency have been more or less provided by the agencies. Currently, that has become debatable. Lenders know that if products are shifted to private label pricing and execution, borrowers will see a direct price hit. Risk must be aligned to price. For example, every lender knows that plenty of non-owner-occupied and second-home borrowers are of a higher quality and lower risk than many owner-occupied or primary residence borrowers. Those who can are happy to tuck those loans away in their portfolios. Today's podcast is presented by Origins, a CU Direct brand. Origins provides integrated origination technology solutions that transform the lending experience. Their end-to-end digital mortgage platform covers the entire lending lifecycle, from application to closing, giving mortgage lenders the ability to replace their POS, LOS, and CRM stack with a single modern platform, or use the modular capabilities of the platform to integrate Origins anywhere in your tech stack, wherever you need to make the biggest impact on your lending. With origination, processing, underwriting, closing, funding, and delivery under one innovative platform, lenders can achieve big results in less time and at a lower cost with Origins. Speaking of which, today I wanted to welcome back to the podcast its Senior Director of Strategic Alliances, Susan Hartsock. Susan has 25 years of mortgage industry experience. Her career ranges from developing and managing industry technology relationships to investing time in serving on industry boards. She has spent the past five years in the mortgage technology space managing and advancing strategic relationships including Origins' strategic integration partnerships over the last 18 months. Susan's experience includes increasing efficiency in the loan manufacturing process and has extensive experience in the document capture and electronic content management. I wanted to talk to her about how how data is where the real efficiency magic happens. Susan, thanks for coming back on the podcast. I uh, enjoyed having you last time and I'm I'm, uh, pleased to have you here again today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So... Today, more so than ever, lending efficiencies are taking center stage with lenders. Uh, We talk about form-based systems. They've long been the standard technology. Can you give us a snapshot of these forms-based systems and where we are headed in an effort to improve efficiencies? Well, more than forms-based early on, it was paper-based. I remember the days of trying to decipher a handwritten 1003. (laughs) That may date me a bit. Um, but what forms-based system did was they introduced what my colleague Andrew calls the checkers checking the checkers, people looking at documents, paper or imaged, manually entering the data from documents into the system of record. And people are people, they make mistakes. Um, one misplaced decimal or zero can wreak havoc on a file. And one of the major inefficiencies in the mortgage process is multiple people viewing the same data and the same forms over and over. That really needs to stop. And despite all of that checking and rechecking, there's still errors by the time it hits the post-close department. It's, it's incredibly inefficient. And it's funny you say that because I'm actually going through the mortgage process currently. And I think I've been asked to provide a copy of my driver's license 
four different times at this point, one by the loan officer, one by the uh, processor, one by the underwriter, one by the underwriting. Yeah. So it, it still exists out there, but I think we're getting better. The industry is evolving towards data-based systems. Why are database systems preferred over forms-based systems? Well, it's really about data integrity. When third-party data via integrations automatically populates in the system of record, it reduces not only the time it takes for manual data entry, but human error like inadvertent typos. It, you know, it reduces the amount of stare and compare. I think industry really needs to find a means to compartmentalize the manufacturing process so that once the driver's license is in the file, it's in the file and you're not getting asked for it three more times. If the data is accurate, there should be no reason for a second, third, and fourth set of eyes on the same data. Well, when it comes to data, lenders are by nature aggregators of it. But as we move forward here, how can lenders better leverage that data to improve the overall lending experience? Hopefully, like you said there, the, the driver's license is in the system and they, they now know it is in the system. I'm sure there's other ways too. Can you expand on that a well, little bit? There's all kinds of data um, that lenders do aggregate. Um, they can leverage it for analytics, for example, how to drive better efficiencies in their processes, uh, identify potential educational opportunities for associates that may need, that may need coaching. Um, they can leverage data to better gear their marketing efforts to their unique demographic. It's really kind of unlimited what they can do with it. It just requires the imagination and the need. That's a very good point. And so do you see this shift from a long-standing forms-based approach to an automated approach being quickly integrated by lenders? Is there a point when we reach mass adoption? What, how do you see that playing out? Well, I think if lenders want to remain competitive, they won't have a choice but to look to automation. There's just too many people thrown at the process, especially during high volume. I think there's concern out there with adoption that the technology or automation is going to replace people. And the fact is that technology enables people to do more meaningful work. Freddie Mac puts out some excellent articles about fraud detection called True Lies. In that context, technology only goes so far. It requires people and old-fashioned detective work to identify the ne'er-do-wells, and they demonstrate that very well in those articles. If we're talking forms-based or paper-based, I remember the days when we had a team of people who did nothing but affix barcode labels to documents, another team who fed those labeled documents into industrial strength scanners, and another team who stared at exception queues all day, splitting, merging, and indexing documents. I was once tasked with documenting every business process in the organization. I met a vivacious young woman who was a box checker. I asked, why do you check the box? Because her supervisor told her to. I I asked, did she check any information in the file before checking the box? Nope. I'm supposed to check this box on every file that comes across my desk. And I just thought, oh, dear. The fact is, particularly when volumes are high, lenders are notorious for throwing bodies at problems. As the technology evolved and automation checked that box and manually fixing barcodes was no longer required, those people weren't let go. They were given more meaningful and fulfilling work to perform. That's a pretty funny story. So I have a bonus question for you here. I actually just was at an in-person convention, the Mortgage Bankers Association of Florida put, put on this event in Orlando. And it was the return of in-person conferences, and I had the chance to sit down and watch several panels. And I would say as of about five or six years ago is when we first started hearing the digitization of the mortgage process, the AI and machine learning is coming into the process. Has there been much evolution over the last couple of years? Is it still ripe for evolution? Where do you see strides really being made when it comes to 
data and intelligence? There are steps being made. It's slower than you know, we were hoping, you know, blockchain was huge. And I still think that there are applications for blockchain in the mortgage industry in terms of, you know, tightening up the integrity of some of that data. I also, and I do see some new players in the market with some interesting AI. And I'm very familiar with the capture space and document capture and indexing and all of that technology. I've taken a paperless comp- a paper company paperless two or three times on different technologies as it evolved. And there's some phenomenal strides in that, in that space when it comes to AI. So yes, there is improvement in the industry. It's just slow in coming. Well, that, that seems uh, par for the course when I, when I look at most of the uh, employee rosters of some of these mortgage companies, considering people have been doing this since the 1980s or the 1990s, and they're used to manually doing everything. But I have, I have hope. And it sounds like, based on what you said today, there's a, there's a really uh, disruptive process and uh, kind of a, a revolution that that seems to be taking hold here. It takes it takes a strong leadership to implement technological change <laughs> because you're dragging all of your folks who are used to doing the same thing the same way every day through the bottleneck. And so adoption is slow in that aspect as well. But with a strong leadership, with someone who's willing to say, we're going to this, down this path, um, it does make it easier. Certainly. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on and taking the time to speak with me today. I think this was very valuable for our listeners. Of course. I always enjoy talking to you, Rob. Treasuries pulled back on Friday and the MBS basis ended the day wider, which means rates moved higher. Why? The Fed's favorite inflation measure, the PCE deflator, continues to climb. It picked up to 3.9% year-over-year in May, from 3.6%. Well, the core gauge, excluding food and energy, jumped 3.4%, the biggest advance since 1991. Still, Fed presidents played down the data. Minneapolis Fed President Kashkari cited the recent decline in lumber costs, predicting that spikes will, quote, return down to normal, end quote, while Boston Fed President Rosengren said that he doesn't expect higher inflation to continue next year and that it is time to think about how quickly accommodation should be removed. Separately, the final June reading for the University of Michigan Index of Consumer Sentiment slipped from the preliminary reading, but was still up from May, driven by households with incomes above 100,000 and their view of future economic prospects. This week's economic calendar sees miscellaneous news concluding with the June employment report on Friday, which is also an early close in advance of the Independence Day weekend. Today's calendar is light on data with just the Dallas Fed Texas manufacturing for June due out later this morning. Three Fed speakers are also scheduled, starting with New York's Williams, followed by Philadelphia's Harker and Fed Vice Chair of Supervision Corals. Speaking of the Fed, the desk released a new MBS purchase schedule Friday afternoon that covers the June 28th to July 14th period, which averages $4.5 billion per day. There are no changes to the coupons versus the prior schedule, with UMBS 30 and Gini 2 operations targeting 2% and 2.5%, well, it is 1.5% and 2% in UMBS 15s. Today's schedule sees the desk targeting a maximum of $5.2 billion of 30 or 2% and 2.5%. We start the week with agency MBS prices better slash up nearly an eighth and the 10-year yielding 1.50 after closing last week at 1.54%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. My husband made me angry today, so I told him that I can't wait to see what he has planned for our special day tomorrow. There is nothing special about tomorrow. But there is something special about watching the color leave his face as the panic takes over. (laughs) Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Origins. 
With the Origins Mortgage Platform, you can offer your borrowers and loan officers a truly modern mortgage lending experience. Discover the mortgage platform designed to evolve and scale with a rapidly changing lender landscape. Visit Origins.com today. That's O-R-I-G-E-N-C-E dot com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search mortgage news on any platform you get your podcast from.